How would you like to 10X the business that you just bought? Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Business Podcast, and today I'm speaking with Carl Kanger, who is a serial entrepreneur with 14 years of SEO experience. Day-to-day, he runs sales and marketing for an SEO agency called Smash Digital and their investments arm, Smash VC. And he's had three successful exits in the industry and is an avid practitioner, still running a portfolio of content websites on the side. In this podcast episode, Carl and I talk about the types of websites he's bought and sold. We also talk about what types of businesses he likes to buy, why he's bought those businesses, and we break down some metrics like what are the things that he looks for in terms of DR, backlinks, content, all these different types of things when buying a content website, what a good one looks like and ones that he shoots for to buy and why. We always talk about where he's bought these sites for sale, not all just from brokers. We always talk about how and why you should have or build leverage before buying a site and how you can actually do that. We dive in as well and talk about your available capital. Sometimes people are trying to invest uh, as much money as they can into an online business, which makes sense because they want the bigger the business they get, usually the less risk, and this is a very general statement, and the less work it can be and the more stable. But how much of your available capital should you allocate to just the acquisition? And then how much should you spend on growth on the business afterwards? And we talk about the different percentage amounts uh, throughout the podcast with Carl. We talk, then we move on and talk about growing these types of businesses and how he's had success 10xing two sites that he's, he's had, and then also doubling um, you know, some of the sites he's had and some that, some that he has for uh, different you know, clients and case studies and stuff like that. And what are the, some, of the, some of the things that he looks for when wanting to grow a site? And most of it comes through different types of monetization and tapping into things that the previous seller hasn't actually tapped into. Lastly, we talk about advice for first-time investors. And there's something that Carl mentions that I disagree with, not totally disagree with, but some aspects I do disagree with. It's a great discussion between us and it's and we talk about who is best suited to what type of um, growth path in the online business space who wants to replace their income uh, with money online. So it's a very interesting conversation that we have. Uh, we are, are both on the same page, but initially I disagree with some of what he was actually saying. So it's quite cool. Check that out. Lastly, we talk about Smash Digital, the SEO agency that uh, he works for. And we talk about the 80-20 of the SEO and backlink and the prices, the backlink um, backlinks they actually sell there as well. And there's different types of packages. This is so much value in this podcast episode for somebody who's looking to buy a content website and then scale it. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we do dive into the episode, we talk about buying websites a lot. Please, please, please do yourself a massive favor and don't go away and buy a website alone. Get my Judon's framework. It's what I and my clients have used to go away and find, um, help us take the guesswork out of doing due diligence for businesses that we have bought. Uh, and it's helped people make hundreds of thousands of dollars and save people hundreds of thousands of dollars. So don't do this alone. Get my framework. Make it a lot easier. You can check that out at buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. Let's go. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 
10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this chat, mate. So you've been in the industry of buying and selling sites for quite a while now. When did you buy your first site? So I actually started as a builder. So I've been doing this for 14 years. I'm 26. So that's literally more than half my life. Uh, in the beginning, I was just building various sites, Amazon affiliates, content sites, a little bit of everything. Then I sold my first site when I was 16, uh, second one at 18. And then after 18, after that first exit, I actually started buying as well. Uh, and since then, I've personally bought four sites. Uh, and then we have a, an investment company where we buy parts of businesses now. Yeah, cool. And so since you've grown multiple sites and sold them, what sort of got you into buying them instead of growing them? from scratch or starting them from so, scratch? So my core skill has always been SEO. That's how I got started. And with SEO, the, the main thing is it, it takes a long time to get out of the sandbox, so to say, and just to get the ball rolling. So oftentimes, you know, you're investing for a year, year and a half just to, you know, really get traction with things. And, you know, we quickly figured out if you, if you buy something that already has traction, you can kind of skip that. Uh, so if the site's already getting some traffic, then it's just on you to you know pick the right keywords, create better content, uh, and, and you can just hit the ground you know running much much faster. And you can cl- clearly see when Google likes a site or it doesn't. So if you buy something that Google likes, you know you're kind of taking the easy way right away. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Why I like to explain growing businesses is or growing anything in life, even personally, is getting data, getting feedback from the universe. One of those tools can be Google, um, getting data and feedback from them on what's working, lean into more of what's working and do less of what's not working, right? And when you buy a, a, a online business, you can get all of that data straight away. And sometimes the previous owner, well, we would say a lot of the times the previous owner haven't really tapped into that uh, if you if they don't know how to. Um, so, so many growth strategies that come from that. So, we'll talk about growth strategies, I'm sure. Um, and you mentioned creating better content and all that sort of stuff. But I want to dig into your portfolio a little bit. What does your – so, you bought four sites. Before we dig into the portfolio, what did you what did you learn? Like, what was the hardest part about buying the sites? Like, the due diligence, where did you find them? What, you know, what were some of the lessons that you've learned through the purchasing phase. Yeah, I think that the biggest lesson has been just to take your time with it. Like when you have the capital to actually buy something, it's easy to just like cut corners like, oh, this looks pretty good. This is all right. There's some opportunity here. But like you really have to like resist until you find something that's, you know, you've probably heard it like if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And that's really the approach you need to take with these sites. Like something needs to be an absolute no brainer. And that's when you make the biggest, biggest returns because you know, especially most of these sites being, you know, SEO based and so on, there's always a risk when you buy a business. There's still a risk you're going to get, you know, hit by a Google update or something's going to happen or, you know, anything could go wrong with it. And then if you're taking that risk and you've got like a small edge from buying it, it's not really worth it. So if you're going to take the risk, you need to have something that has, you know, potential to have a home run. So like the first major site I bought, well, it wasn't major when I bought it. It was, it was for about 30K. It was making $1,000 a month. And uh, I 10x it in one year. And that was just by, you know, I knew ahead of time that it was under monetized. It was going after the wrong keywords. And like, I already knew the exact plan I was going to have when I was buying it. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to change some buttons here, optimize this a little bit. 
it was really like planning for a home run. Yeah, yeah. And it's so much easier to build a business. So say you're trying to build something on a platform. If you buy a platform that's really solid and really stable and doesn't have too much risk, it's so much easier to build on top of that. It's like in property, a lot of people say the profit is in the purchase. And I strongly believe that is so true. Obviously, to 10x your site, you had to put in some work. Would have been easier doing it on a on a better platform than, say, just trying to buy something quickly. I find that a lot of people that come to Bob and the community have money. They have this pressure that they put on themselves that they want to achieve a certain amount of an income goal per month and quit their job within a certain amount of time. You know, they want to try to do it within like a you know, six month time frame or a year time frame. And they put so much pressure on themselves that they kind of force themselves to buy any business, which is where yeah. we come in and we pull the reins in a bit and say, hey, hang on a second. Let's, you're spending money that you've saved over the last five to 10 years. Let's make sure you're doing it in a, in a just way that's going to serve you, not rock you back and put you back even further than where you are as you're starting now. What other things did you learn um, through the digital phase and buying? I think it's important to to invest a lot more than you should. I think a lot of people buy these sites and that they don't really you know plan for a growth budget. So if they have a hundred k, they'll buy a site for a hundred k, and then it's like, okay, now what? You're going to write the content yourself? Or like, <laughs> how, how are you going to make this ROI back, right? So I feel like at least you know thirty percent of the the purchase price you need to set up you set up for growth for either content or more links and things like that. Uh, otherwise, you know, the site's going to be stagnant. And if you leave something stagnant for too long, it's inevitably, you know, going to decline. Because I feel like momentum with online businesses is is pretty critical. I, I totally agree. You want to keep things going and you want to be able to, in, if, if your goal is to increase it, you need to have money to invest in it, right? So what are some of the things that you look at when you're looking at buying a content site? What are some of the things that you go that's, like allow you to see that it's a good investment like pretty quickly? Because I've, I've been asked this question in my group as well. Like what are some things that I look for then when I see a site, I go, yes, this this is potentially a great one to buy. It's sort of like you can only really identify it once you've looked at so many sites. What are some of the yeah. things that you, you see that are significantly valuable or good to have in a good site looking to buy one? So I look for three main things. The first of all, I want something that's super stable. I don't like sites that go up and down these massive swings where every Google update, it, it goes up and then it comes down again. It goes up. Like, I don't like that. There's plenty of boring sites out there that yes. have just been, you know, slow, slow increase or even just flat for a long time. Uh, but I feel like those are at least, you know, a safer bet. And that's something that's really important to me. Uh, the second thing I look for is poor monetization. So if someone doesn't know how to monetize the site, ironically, that first site uh, was the biggest blog on website monetization. And when I bought them, they were making $1,000 a month, but they were experts on display advertising. So they were <laughs> only running ads on the site. And it was mm -hmm. all about you know Google AdSense and media.net and like all these ad networks. And like none of those companies paid any, any good commissions. It was like tiny percentages, but the site had tons of visitors. It had tons of authority on Google. Like, it could have ranked for so much more. So immediately I could jump in and start promoting like some SEO tools back then. I think I, I became an affiliate for Longtail Pro and I was like, oh, publishers, you know, you want to monetize your site, just publish more content. Uh, and now I start getting recurring commissions of different software and so on. Uh, and so, so that was an easy win. And for, for the current uh, site that I bought a couple of years back, and I've also 10X since then, 
uh, it was the same approach. It was the biggest social media marketing block. Uh, that means they could promote Buffer, Hootsuite, and that's about it. And like, they only talked about social media marketing. Mm. But I was like, in my eyes, this site is about everything online marketing, online business. So now I can talk about, you know, pretty much anything, creating an online course, starting a podcast, doing webinars, e-commerce, like you name it. Uh, and that just opened up so many more you know, avenues for monetization uh, that they didn't have before. So that's probably the second thing. Yeah, and it looks like you added in so many more categories or maybe not many more, but a few more categories and keywords that allowed you to create more content as well, but have, have still be relevant within that niche. Is that right? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people like underestimate what relevance is. So, you know, they thought it's about social media marketing. In reality, it was everything online business, anything growth, anything I started publishing because the site had so many backlinks from being the industry leader, anything I, you know, I published in kind of a rela related industry started wrecking just as well. Talking about sort of like leaning into growth strategies, um, you mentioned two of the sites you bought, you're growing them quite differently to most people. Let's break, let's break those down. So let's start with site number one. Actually, let's give them names. Do they have, are you open to sharing the names or would you like rather keep them private? Um, or I'd, I'd like rather use a, like a, a niche, let's put it in a niche category. Yeah, let's say the, the first one, let's say it was website monetization. Yeah. And with that, the growth strategy was just expanding beyond what they were talking about. Like the, okay. the site didn't really grow in traffic that much, maybe a little bit for publishing, you know, new articles, uh, but it wasn't that much growth. It was more about changing the monetization uh, and just finding something, you know, more profitable. Like imagine if you have, if you seek out to buy someone's like uh, hobby chess site, they talk about chess, but you know, it's a DR60 site, tons of traffic. They've got some ads on it and you're like, wait. But I can also talk about, you know, different board games. I can do affiliate with that. Maybe there's some kind of, you know, membership site uh, for learning chess that's 99 bucks a month. Maybe they have an affiliate program. They're not promoting that. So, you know, looking for looking for wins like that. Uh, and the, then with the second one, well, kind of going back a little bit, I mentioned there are three things I look for. The third thing I look for is the site has to have a lot of authority. If anything's DR60+, plus, it's probably a good site to buy because a lot of these, you know, a lot of the sites I, I personally like to buy or tend to buy are from the founder. It's not from these groups. They're not from like, you know, other site flippers. I want a site uh, built by someone who's passionate about the industry. Mm. And that means they're probably not online marketing experts. They're not monetization experts. They're probably doing a lot of these things wrong. So maybe they have like, you know, one or two categories that are doing real, really well in terms of income. And they've never really doubled down on that one category. So I'll just jump in and double down and cover everything in that one topic. Yeah, got ya, got ya. Yeah, it's a good point. People that are actually passionate about the work they're doing and they're not digital marketing experts, you can come in with your digital marketing experience and that's leverage in itself. And that's what we should be looking for when we're buying a business, finding leverage in something that we can add to it. Basically coming back to your your, your second uh, step. But that was the first site. So say that's in like monetization and was it monetization, the niche? Yeah, website, like display advertising. And things display like ads, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so for the second one, what's the second one you can grow in the second one other than, you know, you so just this, your partnerships with the first one. The second major one was about social media marketing initially. And then I pivoted into everything online marketing. 
So again, I because the site was so authoritative, it was the industry leader. I just started writing about webinars, webinar hosting, podcast hosting, like all these different tools. Okay. And a lot of these are, are recurring revenue and things like Amazon as well. So if I can get them, you know, so before it was thousand bucks a month off display ads. Well, now if I promote one tool where the average, you know, customer is a hundred bucks a month, I get 30% commissions. You know, this starts compounding really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar thing, just kind of abusing the, the site's authority to, to cover, you know, more profitable things. So yeah. I think, you know, you really need to figure out what is the best way to kind of monetize. And then you want to find these hobby sites in the same industry that are not run by professionals and then kind of loosely tie that back, you know? So if someone has a personal blog about, you know, Amazon FBA and they're only teaching how to do it, but they don't have a course, they don't promote any courses, they don't promote any tools. They're just kind of sharing their journey or something like that would be a per- like a perfect example. And so to find these sites, where would you, where are you looking for these? You know, these last four that you've bought, where did you find them? Uh, I've gotten two off just private like network, just meeting people uh, at conferences. Oh, I've got this site. I'm cool. Cool. What is it? How much is it doing? And then, you know, going from there. Uh, and then FE International, I bought two off there. And then basically just keep an eye on, on, on all the all the marketplaces. But I think most of the best deals you're going to get just by, you know, reaching out to people. So if I decide, you know, I want to be an affiliate for... You know, let's say uh, Jasper, uh, previously Jarvis, yeah, um, which is like an AI content writing tool. They've got a great affiliate program. I think it's like thirty or forty percent. It's a hundred bucks a month, and it's like it's like one of those magic tools. Like it's, it's an easy sell, right? Mm-hmm. So, what if I find a site, and I just came up with this before the podcast? I might actually go ahead and do it. Uh, find some 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 site that teaches writing. Teaches you know how to write better headlines, how to write essays, how to write short stories, like some kind of like Kindle publishing site or something like that. And I bet they're not monetizing using that. And now you reach out, you know, maybe they're getting some Kindle book sales, maybe they've got like a twenty dollar ebook they sell. And now instead, I'll create like a, you know fourteen day email course on that site that pushes Jarvis because every time you know it's forty bucks a month off each affiliate sale I get, and that just keeps compounding. So yeah. if I make it a part of their course, you know, that funnel is much better than, you know, selling a book. Yeah. So what you're basically doing is you're finding leverage through monetization, like through Jarvis before even buying the site. <laughs> and I want to ask you, it sounds like you're a pretty big fan of the recurring commissions. Uh, is that is that a strategy that you implement in most of the blogs that you're working with? Yeah. So most of the sites I, I have are in like digital marketing or, or that type of niches and software just makes sense. Like if I get you to sign up for, you know, ConvertKit or MailChimp or something like that, you know, it's very painful to switch like an email marketing platform. Very like sticky, if someone's, yeah. if someone's signed up, they're going to be signed up for three, four years and they're also going to keep upgrading their plan. They start off with 1,000 contacts, then it's 5,000, then it's 20,000. And like, even if I unpublish that post, I'm still going get, to keep getting those commissions uh, for lifetime. So any kind of you know, recurring things, I, I think, are the best. Or the other option is like high ticket thing. So if you have a course, you know, most online courses, the expensive ones, two grand, three grand, five grand, they give you a 50% commission. So I just need to get one sale to like make a big difference. Yeah. 
one to two, three sales a month, and you can start to earn a start getting a couple of grand more a month just from the, those program sales, right? Exactly. So if we come back to site number one, the website monetization one, it had a hundred thousand visitors a month. Can I sell them one course for two thousand dollars? Just one person, and it's already mm. you know doubled the income of the site. Yeah. Uh, so looking for like no brainer opportunities like that. Moving into the SEO agency. When you first, when people come to you or when you first look at a site, what is the first thing that you sort of look at when you audit a blog? Like, say you've just purchased one. What's the first thing that you look at? The first thing is always, you know, identifying what the end goal is. What do you want to rank for? So identifying, you know, three to five most important keywords, you know, whether it's for a client or for a site we're buying, and then looking at top five versus current, you know, where we are currently. And identifying that gap, you know, what's, what do we need to do uh, to get to number one? So if I'm buying a site and it's a DR40 and everyone top five is DR60s, you know, link building is going to be my number one bottleneck. If we're more authoritative, you know, then it could be tech issues, better content, like all these other things. Uh, so basically just, you know, reverse engineering, engineering the, the first page results and then going, you know, working backwards from there. Okay. If it's, you know, a difference of, 100 DR50 links, I, know, I can figure out in my head how much it would cost to you know, kind of close that link gap. If I only, only got 50 posts on the site, but my competitors have 200, okay, 150 articles, 2,500 words each, this is how much it's gonna cost me to get to the same point. Uh, so always kind of you know, working back from, from what's missing and then mapping out like, okay, if I was number one, how much money do I think could I, you know, could I make with this? What kind of a difference would it make? And is the cost between the two worth it? Yeah, I like that. And coming back to what you first said, it's like you, 30% of your budget should go towards reinvesting for growth, right? And because you could go away and identify a couple of those things that you need to invest in, but not have the money right now. You need to save it each month from the business and maybe your personal income to put it into into that, right? Like you can't grow as fast as you might want to grow. That's why I only buy basically high authority sites, like DR60 minimum, really good link profile, things like that. Uh, and I think most people should do the same thing because mm. content, getting better content, you know, you can, you can solve that problem. But yeah. the vast majority of people in our community, the number one thing they, they struggle with is link building. But if you're already, you know, have a super authoritative site, you don't really need to work about, worry about link building. Then it's okay, how do I keep the content machine, machine always going? So what does a good backlink profile look like to you? I think the easiest way to, to assess it is just the basic like HFs or, you know, domain rating or domain authority. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, you can get a pretty good idea from that. And then if you dig deeper into the links, you know, you want to set filters like, you know, look at all of your links, one link per domain, minimum DR40, uh, do follow. And just, you know, look at the quality of those links. You can see how many are legit, why those happen. And then, you know, you do the same for your competitors. And, and you have a pretty pretty good idea of what each site is 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 sitting at and what the difference is and, and what it would take to to close that gap. And so you're looking at your competitors to see what their link profile is compared to the site that you're buying and then getting a estimation on what it would cost to beat their link profile. Is that right? Exactly. Or at least get to the same level. Yes. Okay. Even if you're if you're close to the same level. So I like to look at SEO like DR is the number one thing I look for for competition because if you have perfect content, perfect on page, in my experience, you can shoot up about 15 to 20 points in authority. So mm -hmm. if I'm out of 50, all my competitors are 60, 65, I can still like realistically compete with them if I put in the work. But if everyone's in the 80s, I don't have a chance. 
you know, maybe one in 20 posts will, will get lucky and get up there. Uh, but you want to make sure that gap is kind of minimal. Uh, so you have a higher success rate every time you publish. Yeah, yeah. So like a gap of like 20 or more would be a lot harder to achieve, especially yeah. when you go from to get from, I mean, to get from 60 to 80. Yeah, yeah 60 to so 80 it's, it's, is, it's, it's is very different. Gap. Yeah, to get from 60 to 80 is very different to get from 20 to 40. <laughs> yeah. So so, so the, the second side I was talking about, the social media side, that's been a DR77 for the last two years. Like, yeah. I'm just stuck there. It's not going anywhere. But I also, I don't need to go any higher. Are you actively, okay. uh, are you actively doing link building for that as well still? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, it does take, and you really want those quality links to really make the difference, right? No, you, you don't like to go for anything less than a DR60. When you look at the backlink profile, are you, is there a certain amount of links that are above DR40 that you want to see? Like, is there like... 50, 100 that you want to see for a good There's really no magic number. I I think it's always about, you know, looking at your competitors and what they have and then, you know, just comparing against that. Because industry to industry, that's going to change so much. And to come back to your point, I do buy sites that are less than DR60 as well. I feel like DR60 is like my my sweet spot. DR60 Mm -hmm. and above, like, I know I can make things work. Uh, but there are strategies for, for lower authority sites as well. I have one uh, Amazon affiliate site that's currently, I think, a DR35. This is one that I actually start, started. But like the, the strategies there are so much different for growing them. There's much, much bigger focus on you know, building links and, and so on. And it's, it's something that's difficult to scale. And anytime you're building links, and you know, it comes with a certain risk, even if you do it right. Uh, but you know, the strategies for... for one of the biggest wins I had for our Amazon site that was a DR35 is buying out smaller competitors because, you know, then it becomes a publishing volume game. How many articles can I get live? And, you know, finding good writers is always the hardest part. And one of the ways we took that site from 3K a month to 6K a month, I saw on like one of these uh, buy, sell online business like Facebook groups, someone's like, oh, I'm selling a gaming site. I'm like, okay, can we fed gaming into this one site? Okay, yeah, it's kind of relevant. And I'm like, okay, how good is your content? How many articles do you have? I went through his content. He wasn't making a lot of money, so he would he was willing to sell the site at a at a much lower multiple. But when I merged that site into mine, I've got 150 new articles and my authority is higher and I instantly get a massive, you know, jump in rankings. Tell us how are you merging these like technically with like this main site that you merge into with well, this gaming site that you're merging into the main site. How are you doing how are you doing this technically? Uh, first I do a content audit. So any anything on their site that's garbage or too unrelated, I get mm-hmm. rid of. So mm-hmm. I only want to keep the best the the best content pieces, make sure it's actually good. Like if a writer wrote this for me and I had to pay them, would I publish this or not? That's kind of the the content audit process. Uh, and then I take all the best pages, move them over, you know, standard WordPress, copy paste, uh, keep the same URL structure and then do just redirects URL by URL. And then anything that I deleted, I would throw your one to the homepage. Okay. So anything that's been deleted that you don't put on this, on the site, on the main site, you just 301 it to the, to the main, um, yeah. homepage. And every post that I keep, you know, you just keep the same you URL. Post and- it on, you post it on the main site and then you redirect it to that URL. Yeah. yeah. Got you. And did doing that show you a boost in DR and also more traffic? So in that case, I didn't get a big uh, boost in DR because it was a really low authority site. 
Okay. Uh, so it was like a DR15 site, but they had tons of content. They didn't know how to link build. That's why they never made money with the site. We mm-hmm. already had some authority, so we just took their good content. And that saved us, you know, countless of hours of, of dealing with writers and, and yeah. getting those 150 articles. Yeah. And yeah, we saw massive, you know, uh, boost in traffic and income because we had the authority to rank for those topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just adding content to the authority that you already have. It's a really good strategy, growth by acquisition and actually not buying a content site just for its income, but buying it based on its content has and merging it into into the main site. I like it. Yeah, and it's, it's especially valuable because, you know, most of the time sites are valued on their actual income. Yeah. But, you know, no one takes into consideration the value of the content and the especially the time it saves you. So it's actually a really good way to just basically not have to write content. Uh, and then the income is kind of a bonus because, you know, you're, you know you're going to make that back anyway. Yeah. And so there's some, that, those are some more aggressive growth strategies. You, call, you could call them aggressive. Once you've done a lot of the, the harder work in the first sort of six months to a year, maybe two years, what does it, what does it look like? Are you, are you in the po- at the point where you want to sell that because you've grown it? Or if you want to keep it, what, what does uh, just managing these sites look like? Is it how much content are you posting regularly? And what are some of the things that you would do in sort of not hardcore growth phase, but more so management phase? Yeah. So the, the first site I flipped in a year, so I literally 10 x in one year, sold it. And because I felt like that hit like, you know, 70 to 80% of its potential. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we could push it more, but, you know, not that much more. It'd be a lot of work. And then it's always the risk of, you know, something going wrong, right? So it was a good time yeah. to sell. With the current site, even though I've already 10 exited, I would assess its potential. I know for a fact one of my competitors is making literally 10 times more than me. So there's there's a long way to go. There's still so much opportunity. So I'm not even I'm not even considering selling it. Yeah. Because, you know, even if it's making 10 times more, that means I can easily double my sites though. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna touch it, you know. Maybe if I get it to you know, five times bigger and, it, you know, things start to slow down significantly, then it's like, okay, maybe it's time to let it go. Uh, but I always, you know, I, I try and think like longer term, you know, where can this go? Do I think I'm capable of doing that? If the answer is no, then sell it before something, you know, gets messed up. Uh, yeah. if, I, if I'm confident I can do it, like right now, the site's been plateauing a little bit because I'm busy, busy with the agency. Uh, but I'm still keeping the long term in mind that you know I know this can easily grow if I have the time to give it. And so, what does it look like when you don't have, like, when you're only spending a couple of hours a month on it? What you know, are you still posting uh, regular content, or and you having other people do the link building for you? Like, what does that look like for you? So I, I use our own SEO agency for the link building, so that's kind of always going. Uh, currently, the issue is I have two writers. And, you know, they, they're, they're not full-time people. They're kind of freelancers. So mm-hmm. I getting like, you know, one, two articles a month. Uh, but, you know, if I was actually full-time on this managing it, I'm, I'm actually currently trying to hire two content managers who, whose job will to find four or five writers each and like push it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the difference. But there's also times where, you know, both of my two writers currently were busy uh, and we didn't publish anything for like four or five months. And nothing happened to the site, obviously. Uh, and that's another benefit of like these more established sites. Like it doesn't just go away. Like, yeah. No one's going to overtake a DR70 site in, in a couple months. The hard, the hard work's been done. You can, you can leave it for a little bit. <laughs> I want to ask some newbie questions. Uh, like 
for people that are just thinking about jumping into this space. First one is what would you what advice would you give to somebody that's wanting to buy their first online business, first content website? Build one first. <laughs> I, Build one I really first. think I really think you have to go through the process, like the entire process, because you know, you can outsource everything. You can outsource link building, you can outsource keyword research, the content and so on. But you know, you if you've never done the job yourself, you don't know what a good job looks like. Uh, so even if you, you know, you go through one of these courses like Authority Hack or Affiliate Lab or, you know, pick, pick anyone and you actually try and start a site, I think you learn so much in that process and it kind of, you know, sets you up for things. Uh, you're going to, you know, know how to evaluate a good backlink versus a back, bad backlink because one was really easy for you to get when you were trying dead links. The other one, you know, you couldn't build it yourself. So, you know, interesting. I, I, think, interesting. I think the skills give you a massive advantage. Yeah, uh, I've had so two of the smaller sites I've sold uh, were sold to uh, first timers. So the first Amazon affiliate site I ever sold, uh, two brothers from Canada who had restaurant businesses bought it. Yeah, uh, and the site was on like a massive upwards trajectory as I sold it, and they never did anything with it. They did one redesign two years later, which made the site look even worse. Mm. Uh, but other than that, they basically tanked the site. So like most first time buyers tend to tank sites, I, I feel like at least, uh, as, as far as I've seen both from, you know, friends selling sites and so on. Uh, so I do think like, you know, getting, getting some experience actually running a site first uh, and, the, and the various skills involved, I, I think that's a, it's going to save you a lot of money. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually don't, um, I don't totally agree with it, but each to their own, everybody's got their own opinion. Um, reason being is because I believe that you, I, I, there is, why reason I don't say totally agree is because I agree with a big portion of what you're saying in terms of it's good to know how the site works and what work needs to be done. And when you're hiring writers and link builders to hire the right ones for them to not take advantage of you and give crappy work. So you know what you should be expecting, but at the same, same time, you can buy a business and do it really, really well. For example, we've I've got a lot of examples yeah. of newbies that have bought sites that have had zero experience, you know, myself, a plumber, uh, but a lot of other people in the community. So there's two, There's I think there's really more than, not not just our two routes of learn to start one from scratch yourself or me, just, just go out and buy one. There's different ways you can go. Um, but I believe there is a certain type of person that would be best off starting a site from scratch before they purchase. And then there will be a different type of person that should go away and buy one without having to start yeah. from scratch to save them a bit more time and money and get up to date. So I think there's really many different routes, but I want to, I don't yeah. want to discard what you said because it's so true. Like there is, it is better for a majority or percentage of per people to start from scratch too, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, it's such a vague question. And when we're talking about yeah. newbies, you know, there's so many different types of newbies. There's, exactly. you know, the stay at home, stay at home mom who's got 20 K and wants to, you know, buy an Amazon affiliate site and has kids to manage and all this stuff. Like it's a side hustle thing, mm. you know? Yeah. Probably don't buy one, but if it's someone, you know, who's, who's committed to this, they're going to be learning at the same time, figuring out like what actually is SEO. And I've got, you know, 200 K in the bank, I'm going to buy one for 50 and then, you know, experiment yes. with that and learn on the way, you know, that's a very different story. You're spot on. Um, it is a vague question. <laughs> I do think there's there's also kind of like a middle ground. Like 
you know, in these communities, there there's a lot of experienced people who are running sites, uh, but maybe have had not had like amazing success. Maybe don't have as much capital. So you mm. could do some kind of partnership where you know you, both of you are are involved. You put up the cash. They help you kind of operate it, and <laughs> and you work through it together. Uh, I think that could be another good option. That's something I've personally done as well. Yeah, I like that so much, and I'm glad that we're talking about the different variations of how somebody can do this because I know a lot of people that come to me and, and go, Jared, I've just, I'm almost done. Like I've started a site, I went nowhere, started, you know, 90% of all starts fail. It's really hard to do. And they got a little bit of money and they're holding onto it very, very tightly and they want to make sure they don't stuff up. But there's another portion of people that do start sites and just go, all right, this online game doesn't work for me. And it's a massive shame for them to give up on their hopes and dreams when there could be another another route. It doesn't mean buying an online business, but there's, there's different ways to do it. What people take in, when we have a podcast, yourself and I, Carl, and many other guests, people take what we say sometimes for absolute gospel and there's only one route and only one route is the only way that they should be doing it when it's not actually true. Because there's a lot of people who come to me after listening to a podcast or YouTube video, not mine, other people's, and say, this is the, this is the way that I need to grow my business. Well... Yeah. Not really because your business is different and each human being is in a very different position. So you're right. It was a vague question, but I'm so glad that we're explaining the variations that people can take to that can suit them best for sure. Yeah. And I I think one of the most valuable things about, you know, starting with buying is that then people realize like, oh, this is a real thing. This is something that's possible because you start seeing the income coming in. You you make a change on the side and you can see, oh, I made less or I made more and so on. Uh, and it kind of gives them faith, like, oh, this is possible. And, it, you know, stops them from giving up. Like, I was lucky when I started at 12, my first, you know, three sites were a, were, were a success. Oh, that's awesome. But, and, after, and after that, uh, I, I think I'd been doing it for about three years at that time. I was like, okay, I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to use the same formula. In one summer, I started 20 Amazon affiliate sites. Month one, <laughs> doing all the research, you know, setting everything up, setting the sites up. Month two, ordering content getting all the content going, you know, back then it was like micro niche sites. It was like 20 articles, you know, yeah. five bucks each. It was a very different yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, and you know, month three doing the link building 20 sites, only three of them ever made money. Yeah, and you right. know, at that time I kind of knew what I was doing already. I had a model that worked mm-hmm. and even then, you know, not everything hits. So, you know, I, I do think a lot of people get discouraged and then don't realize that it is, you know, to a certain, certain extent about luck. Yeah. The- <sighs> This is what I'm beginning to learn uh, as a business owner in life. It's sometimes you can do all the right things and in that time period that you do all the right things, the environment around you isn't suited to that. But sometimes you can do things half-assed for a certain period of time and the environment around you allows you to just be very lucky um, because you're in the right place at the right time in the right area doing the right doing a couple of the right things. Uh, the... I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you mentioned you crushed it with your first three, and then you had twenty that you started, and then three of those twenty. So it's like a fourteen percent success rate or something like that, even with the experience that you've had. But that said, like you know the formula, and I would I would suggest if you had have done less than twenty, so you did five, you probably would have had at least one. Probably would have done better, a lot better with more effort. But that's what you learn when you're young and you're a teenager, and um, 
you've got all the energy and you I've been there and it's really good to give it a crack because you're learning at an earlier stage and that's why I think most people should dive into this as soon as they can hey absolutely yeah yeah Carl, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for coming on board. Uh, where should we be sending people to check out more about what you're doing with the agency? Uh, check out smashdigital.com. Smash uh, so that's our SEO agency. We don't do any technical stuff. We'll, we'll help audit a site. But what we focus on is the, is the true 80-20 of SEO, and that's link building. And what we pride on ourselves on is you know everyone can buy these guest posts. You can go on any marketplace, buy a guest post for 200 bucks. We specialize in high-end link building that you really can't get anywhere else. We're talking yeah. minimum DR50, like high-end links on, on legit sites. Uh, so if you have a legitimate business that deserves to be featured on some of these bigger sites, you really want to crack out that authority, that's where to go. Uh, and if you want to follow me personally, at uh, GrowthCarl on Twitter, uh, not super active, but always there to, to kind of chat. Awesome, Carl. Can we, are we able to talk about the price ranges or the packages for the... Uh, backlinks or just have people go straight to the site? Uh, we started 2.5K a month. Uh, yep. And, you know, I'd say the average, you know, cost per high-end link, it goes between 500 and 800. Cool. So, you know, the, the more you spend, the cheaper it gets, basically. Yeah. Uh, but this is very much, you know, for, for affiliate sites, we can do that, cannot do this. For affiliate sites, we, we do the same type of guest posting as for everyone, Yeah. Uh, as everyone else does. But any kind of legitimate, you know, bigger side, software side, service business, you know, that that's kind of our sweet spot. Yeah, with the solid DR. Awesome. Love it. Guys, check out Smash Digital. There'll be links to that in the show notes. Also, check out Carl on Twitter. Thanks again, Carl. It's awesome having you on. Thanks, Jared.